Hello, everyone. My name is Jared Altick, and I'm a chaplain with the police department. The Hey Chaplain podcast brings you stories and wisdom about life and law enforcement, giving support and encouragement to those who wear the badge. One of the negatives about working in law enforcement is being forced to work holidays. Somebody has to be at work to respond to emergencies and keep the community safe. And this means that just about every cop has missed important family time, including and especially holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. As I've been recording my interviews with police officers, I've asked them about this difficult time, and it turns out, as always, to be a wild mix of different experiences and emotions, both good and bad. In this episode, we talk about interesting experiences during the holidays. I want you to see in these first-hand accounts that police officers are human too. They miss their families, but they also laugh about the strange and wild things they see. Please take note that they really don't want to ruin your special day with the family. And just like anybody else, they go to work and try to encourage each other, doing silly little things to lighten the mood. And sometimes they have the opportunity to shine a little ray of hope and mercy into otherwise terrible circumstances. I was a patrolman at the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department in the early 2000s. I was a patrol officer for a large department in the D.C. area in the early 2000s. I was a patrol officer at Overland Park Police Department in the late 1990s. I was a special agent with U.S. Army CID and was deployed to Iraq in 2005. Um, I was a uh, patrolman. I was with Kansas City, Kansas from the uh, early 90s to the early 2000s. I was a sergeant and then a captain in the Kansas City, Kansas Police Department in the 20-teens and 2020s. Yeah, I was a patrol officer for Kansas City, Kansas Police Department from uh, 1967 up until about uh, 74. I was a patrol officer at Overland Park Police Department in uh, the early 2000s. All right, tell me a notable Christmas or Thanksgiving story when you were on duty during the holiday. That's been a long time ago. I can't, uh, I can't really think of anything right offhand that stands out in my mind. Okay. On that. Okay. Uh, tell me what you were telling me a minute ago about um, your philosophy about working holidays before you had kids. I when I first went on, uh, it was just the wife and I. We had no children, and a lot of the guys I worked with had young children and stuff at home. So for the first several years, I volunteered to work Thanksgiving and Christmas especially so that they could be home with their children. And then after my after my wife had uh, some children and we got a little older and my kids started to grow a little bit, well, then I started taking some of the holidays off. But I figured it was more important for the officers with young children to be home with their families instead of working. Yeah, have you ever arrested Santa Claus? Or uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets a free pass, right? No, I've had traumatic things that I've witnessed on Christmas, and okay. I've worked a lot of Christmases. Right. I've done uh, 
I don't know, a lot of being there with the guys and the gals on the shift, uh, trying to do things to buck up morale and those kinds of things. You know, like we're all working this together. Let's go out and, you know, bring a meal in and I'll eat together and break bread as a police family kind of yeah. thing. I do a lot of that, but yeah. um, a lot of bad weather on Christmas. Uh, but no, no, nothing, nothing crazy that I can really, it comes right to mind. Like, yeah, resting Santa Claus or, <laughs> you know, cut some people breaks, you know, yeah. on Christmas, uh, not trying to put them in jail over the holidays like that. If you can't help it, but. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. So it was early in the shift. I worked evenings. And because it was holiday, I distinctly remember it wasn't like my regular crew because we worked fixed shifts, squats. You know, you were always with the same people, same right. partners every day. But my supervisor was out. And so were some of my guys that probably took off to be with their families. And I remember the sergeant we had was from the opposite shift, super nice guy, really big, buff, black sergeant. So had this great sergeant working that shift. And I remember at least one other guy, uh, ex, well, I guess you're never an ex Marine, but (laughs) you know, those guys are Marines for life. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Fit, you know, jacked Marine who eventually made SWAT and was a good Christian and a family man, super mature. I can't remember the call, but we worked a pretty much, it was the high crime district for this agency. And I don't know what the call was for, but I remember the sergeant gathering us. And I remember he had the shotgun and we were doing, you know, a stealth tactical approach. So whatever it was, you know, it was, we were given some information that this was going to be some kind of potentially uh, armed call that we're dealing with. And we end up, in the apartment of whatever this call was that I can't remember. But the thing was, we're in a black neighborhood, a high crime black neighborhood. And there was some known troublemakers in this apartment partying. But there was also a white guy that looked like a biker and long hair covered in white supremacist tattoos. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. And we're like, what the heck? And then there was also a black transvestite that was known to us and if you work that neighborhood because there was a period of time when it was not known to the neighborhood that this individual was engaging in physical acts with other people that were not aware of the totality of the original sexual orientation (laughs) right right. so we knew this person as someone who had gotten beaten up and stuff like that so we end up on this beautiful holiday in an apartment with like black gang members hanging out with a dude that's covered in swastikas and other white supremacy tattoos that you're like, how do you even get in or out of this neighborhood without somebody, you know, getting into some beef with him. (laughs) Right. And then we have this black transvestite that these same people or their friends have beaten up because of the stuff they had pulled in the neighborhood. And I don't remember who we took to jail and for what, but I remember that Marine you know, cracking some jokes about breaking bread on the holidays and the tragedy of life of what brings people together to where they are not focused on their differences. But in this case, it was drugs and alcohol, you know, so. Well, they had, they had that one thing in common. And so they spent the holiday together. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny and interesting at the time, not in, in, in a memorable way, just because it's like, this is what cops see that doesn't fit 
everyday civilian life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense except just human beings, you know, reaching out to each other and wanting to, you know, spend Thanksgiving together. That's fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever arrested Santa Claus or anything like that? No, I haven't arrested Santa. That would be a memory I would never forget. (laughs) Um, But I did have an uh, an instance on uh, Christmas where, you know, I had to come in. I was working. This has probably been 20 years ago, maybe even more, to be honest with you. But we were working on a Christmas day. We were working day shift. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to go out and write a ticket on Christmas, you know. So I know people out there are like, wow, this guy's a real uh, bah humbug kind of guy, you know? <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk. Wow. Who goes out on Christmas to write a ticket? But anyway, I was like, you know, uh, police work's full of firsts. You know, you get your first dead body, you get your first arrest. And I was like, you know, uh, you know, maybe I should have the experience of writing a ticket on Christmas Day. So anyway, I, I, I got into service and I went out to U.S. 69 Highway, I was sitting in the center median, and it was about, uh, oh, it was probably near 119th Street. And I'm sitting there, and I'm running, I think I was running just regular radar, and here comes this car, and it's trucking right along. And uh, so, uh, anyway, here we go. We uh, we get a speeder. I can't remember. I think it was going probably, it was going pretty fast, because I usually wouldn't, uh, write a speeding ticket for anybody that wouldn't go in 13 or 14 miles an hour speed limit on the highway so anyway i i pulled out and i i stopped this uh car and got up to the door and of course it's a family you know they're headed to probably grandpa's house uh grandma's house for christmas and uh sir can i get your driver's license proof of insurance yes sir and told him while i had stopped him and he's like yeah you know we're just trying to get to get to where we're going and I was like okay all right I'll be right back with you and uh so I sit back there and I I write the ticket out <clears throat> hand wrote the tickets back then so I was handwriting this ticket and I get done and I go up and and I serve it the guy doesn't give me any doesn't hassle me doesn't tell me you know well geez you know really or <laughs> you know uh no guilt trip no guilt him. trip didn't right. he just okay. just as like you know so I I explained the citation to him and give it to him and and i of course i i end with my usual you know drive safely you know and, and off he goes and man i'll tell you what i got back in my car and i i sat there for a minute and, I, and it wasn't as cool of a feeling as i thought it would be uh, yeah. you know it was just one of those things where it's like that's um regrettable you yeah. know and yeah. um you know at the time we didn't have the uh we didn't have the ability to go to the court and say, hey, you know, I'd like to dismiss this ticket. And, of course, not showing up for court wasn't an option because that would get me a letter of reprimand or a suspension day or something without pay. So I just was like, you know, there was just no good solution to fix Right, right. what I felt like I had really – I, you know, it was legitimate. It was – you know, it wasn't like I had made up some kind of charge or trumped up something, but it just <laughs> – Felt awful about it. And so at that very moment, I decided that I would never again write a ticket, not only on a Christmas day, but on a Sunday. Okay. And so, uh, and I never did again in my career, you know, 20, 
you know, it was four no, years never later. had something that was so egregious. You were forced. Never to. had something egregious. Never, never right. put myself in a position where you know it wasn't a situation where it's like you know I'm really going to mess up somebody's day. It was never that. That wasn't the intention. It's just like you know if I'm going to have to work, right? I'm going to work. You know, and I might as well just try to. You know, go out there and see. And of course, you know, it worked out to where I did get to speed. But anyway, it's one of those stories that I've kept to myself. Sure. Because looking back on it now, it's like, it's really embarrassing to tell somebody <laughs> that you went out purposefully to write a ticket on Christmas, on a, on a Christmas holiday, when you think that really, you know, you should be trying to build up and edify people um, and not really trying to, to tear people down. But anyway, sure. that's my. Yeah. That's my memorable Christmas story, and it's one that uh, I haven't told very often because, to be quite honest with you, it's it's one of those where somebody go, "Wow, you know, you're you're a real bummer. You're a real <laughs> bah humbug." Thank you. Yeah, I've I've missed more holidays than I can remember. The actual holiday for working shift work, obviously, but um, uh, yeah, in in my deployments, I've you know, I've been gone quite a bit during the holidays so but i mean specifically i know when i was deployed to iraq in 2005 i i remember thanksgiving i was out at a out at a remote outpost on an investigation where a soldier had been uh, killed in a in a rollover accident and so the thanksgiving there at that outpost was a little bit memorable yeah obviously not quite as uh not memorable in necessarily a good way but that christmas I was sitting uh, with my bags along with the rest of my detachment uh, at the Baghdad International Airport, and we were coming home on Christmas, and that was oh. Christmas Day. So uh, while it was a little sad to not be home on Christmas, it was a happy time because we were coming home after yes. a year yeah. on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, Yeah. Excellent. That's good. That's good. Those were the most memorable being gone because of where I was, and, and then again at Christmas. It was a happy time because we were finishing up that year. You've never had to arrest a Santa Claus? Like that. Uh, no Santa Claus, but I've certainly uh, been to a lot of uh, people's Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners when things <laughs> didn't go quite as well as they'd hoped. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, you joke about having the family together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and and unfortunately, I've had to be involved. Uh, I've been invited yes. <laughs> to many Christmas and Thanksgiving dinners for folks that I didn't know yes. at yeah. the time. Yeah. But uh, I can't remember really ever taking anyone to jail specifically. From a home on Christmas, I've, there's been a few uh, a few people that were out driving after celebrating too much, and yeah. I've given them rides to jail on Christmas Day, yeah. <laughs> Christmas night. I, I worked nights yeah. uh, when I was a, a local police officer for the most part. So uh, more than more than one occasion, uh, someone's holiday has ended up in the jail, and and I've got sure. to deliver them there. <laughs> That's good. Uh, notable Christmas or Thanksgiving on duty? <laughs> um, let's see. It would be a Christmas Eve. Um, got called to, well, I came in as a domestic, and it was more just like a family brawl. <laughs> and uh, it was in an apartment, so it was packed. And we get there, and there's like three or four people that are still kind of really in each other's faces and pushing and shoving and and one guy finally comes in and just turns up the volume really loud. So he's going. So he gets cuffed up. And But while we're struggling with him, Grandma's sitting on the couch. And she's just doing this, looking back and forth, just trying to watch the TV. <laughs> 
And the volume turns up so loud, we can't even hardly hear each other speaking. She just wanted to watch her show. It's like <laughs> all this stuff going on in front of her was completely normal. And so. She may have just found the root cause of some of the yeah. <laughs> dysfunction. Yeah. yeah. And then so we're outside, and the sergeant shows up, and I brought this KU Santa hat with, and I put it on. <laughs> and this guy was really intoxicated, and I was kind of provoking him a little bit. And, and you know, he's calling us every name in the book but a policeman. And, <laughs> and like, you just got your butt kicked by Santa Claus. What are you crying about? And the sergeant's like, you did not have that on in the house. And he was getting all sorts of spun up. And I, I let him play with it for a little while because I'm like, I think he's going to try to write me up. I'm like, Sarge, I didn't have it on. Right. <laughs> There's certain things you do just to keep your sanity. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, give me a notable Christmas Thanksgiving type story on duty. Yeah, I, that's a pretty funny one. So my family, I have an aunt that lives in Overland Park, and I told them I had to work. They knew I was young, and I wasn't a rookie, but they knew I was young and going to have to do that. And law enforcement family, so they said, oh, "Sure, we'll have family Christmas at my aunt's house because she's a resident of Overland Park." And so I said, "Cool." Well, I had good supervisors that just said. Answer the radio. That's all I want you to do is answer the radio. I don't really care what you do. You know, we're not writing tickets today, so you don't need to be out necessarily driving around. So great. So I'm sitting at my aunt's house watching television. We're having dinner, and the double tone come out, which means party one call, and call my number. I'm not that far away, and it's a family disturbance. So okay, that's cool. Give me something to do. And so I get up from dinner, leave, go to this family disturbance. I can't remember why my backup took so long to get there, uh, but there was a medic there that I trusted. He was a tactical medic and uh, had worked with him. And not to mention, he had like 24-inch arms. You know, he was huge. I was like, eh, I'll go in here with him and uh, go in there. And the family was fighting with this guy, and I made the decision he was going to be arrested. And he did not want to be arrested, and the fight was on. And here I am on Christmas Day. It's like a movie. Christmas Day, family disturbance, and I'm in a fight in the kitchen. And uh, it was just like a movie. Well, the medic that I talked about, he jumps in the fight with me because I wasn't losing the fight, but I needed a little bit of help to get this guy under control. And uh, he pretzled him up, and I got him pretzled up, and we ended up, I ended up arresting him and had him in custody before my backup ever got there. Escort him out to the car, take him down, and uh, or no, uh, escort him out to the car. And I told my backup, since you didn't get to do all that, you get to go book him. And they were like, okay, I'm bored. I'll do it. And uh, so I handed him off to them, got in the car, drove back to dinner, sat back down and finished my plate of dinner. <laughs> Some of the calls that you made on Christmas, you know, it was like, why are you fighting? Well, they gave me underwear again. It's like, really? <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know, people are actually in dire trouble and you're mad about underwear. I mean, I get it. I had an aunt that gave me, I knew what my aunt was going to give me every year for Christmas birthday. She bought us 12 pack of socks. I got six for Thanksgiving or six for my birthday and six for Christmas. Okay. Knew what I was going to get from her. So I get it. Maybe it gets a little old, but come on. This is not a police matter. Um, but tragically, I think the thing that really got me in was actually two Christmases about three years apart um, there were shootings very close to 11 30 12 o'clock 
on 11:30 on a Christmas night. Uh, they went to the hospital. I mean, they were technically, you know, the, ter- the term they use is DRT, which is dead right there. But they did work on them. And I was looking at the clock and I was looking at the doctor, the head doctor who's in charge of the residence. I said, hey, you know, I, I don't want you to do anything, anything unethical. I don't want you to break any, you know, laws here. But, you know, it's 1145 at night on Christmas night. You know, you have some residents you might need some extra training. Do you think you could work on them just a little bit longer? You know, it's a small thing we can do for the family if we make the death date, you know, twelve twenty six and rather twelve twenty five. And the guy kind of cocked his head with me and he looks at me and he says, "You know, we can do that." And the weird thing is, I had the opportunity to do that twice in about a three year span, and that's that's one thing that's always stuck out for me. And I don't know if it did the families any good. I mean, it's still around Christmas time; it's still the holidays, but maybe it's just a minor thing. That's. And sometimes it's just the minor things like that you try to do for people that you hope you made a difference. That you Excellent. hope hope that you really give them just a, a slight bit of peace in the situation. Thank you to the officers who were willing to sit down and share these oral histories. If you like this type of episode, please listen to bonus episode two titled My Worst Police Car First Hand Accounts, released on September 27th. 2021. And if you'd like to participate, please contact me through the Hey Chaplin Facebook page. The views expressed here are the personal views of the host and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of any law enforcement agency or its components. If you liked what you heard here, please share this episode with a cop or someone who loves a cop. Thank you for listening today. And as always, pray for peace in our city.